Welcome to another installment of Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Rome, travel, Philippines, spontaneous inspiration, and so much more as I sit down and chat with Alexandra Dorda, the founder of Kasama Rum, the only Filipino rum that I've actually had, and it's quite delicious. We talk about this journey, her father owning Chopin Vodka, you know, years upon years in this business and she just turned 30 so she's done so much already and i can't wait to see what happens next but they were in austin and they were drinking some rum i wish i was joining them even more so without further ado i hope you guys enjoy this great chat with alexandra dorda of kasama rum it was extremely hard for me personally in the beginning I think I, like you said, I, I really do enjoy travel, and I, I've, I'm from all over the place, and I'm used to moving around a lot. Yeah. And so to have that taken away, and in, in such an extreme fashion, you know, it wasn't just that we weren't able to travel; we were in our houses. It was really, really challenging for me. Um, you know, I think I'm, I'm happy that things are, are opening up, and I just hope that they continue to do so. Yeah, me too. How was your, what was your way, your vehicle, your channel to connect with people while you were locked up too? Well, I think that because we all had extra time and there was such a shared experience, I think a lot of people got better at reaching out to each other and actually having conversations. And so I definitely, you know, me and some of my very good friends from college, we started a a monthly Zoom call that we would do and I would just reach out to friends and everybody had more time and was happy to talk on the phone. And so there was a lot of that. That's great. Yeah. There's something I started to see kind of like, not a syndrome, but maybe a complex. Now that you're back out there, you're kind of talking to folks. Do you notice they talk a lot more than they used to? That they're not really asking a lot of questions. I've experienced this in in mass since I've kind of Maybe. been out again. Some people. I have a couple of people in mind that I've met in my travels recently that have definitely been that way. Uh, some people, yeah. Yeah, it's just an interesting thing. But when you talk about this travel, was it all because of the business? I know there's there's obviously Poland, there's Manila, there's other places throughout the world. But was this purely because of the vodka or was there other things that your the folks rum. were doing well na- well now the rum right <laughs> um, i'm saying just as a kid no. and moving around oh um no i think my parents um my, my father's from poland my mother's from the philippines we lived uh in the united states for a long time and then in poland but i think they are both people who just really enjoy travel and so yeah. every year we would go on a big trip for you know the the christmas holidays and then easter holidays and summer and some people have you know they have a house that they go to every year for summer whatever we never did that we always took the opportunity to go somewhere new and so i've been so lucky to see a lot of the world because of that and it kind of instills maybe a wanderlust in us definitely definitely i love to explore i um, I recently turned 30 and it was always my dream. Oh, thank you. Um, it was always my dream to go to Namibia. So that's where I, I went really? for my 30th birthday and it was just magical. Well, so let's say you get dumped into a location that you didn't plan, right? Like how right. do you navigate when you travel? Not navigate as in how do you know where to go 
But do you visit all the food places? Do you go visit all of the museums? Like, what's the compass for you? I'm very food driven. Uh, I love food. I sort of plan my days um, around food. So that's definitely part of it. I love to experience local food. I sort of like a good mix of adventure and relaxation. Mm. So I like to sort of, I do love to go on walks and, you know, do sort of more active things. But then I also like to just sit and and sit in a nice environment and take that in as well. So for me, it's a, it's a mix. So you've got sitting on a beach or rather laying on a beach. Love sitting on a beach. But then there's also sitting on the porch of a cabin in the beautiful mountains. Which which kind of side do you? I I love the beach. I really do. And in the Philippines, we have 7,609-ish islands. We always that all? (laughs) (laughs) We always find some or lose some. So it's sort of a fluctuating number. But um, we truly have the world's most beautiful beaches. And I think my love of the beach really informed to a large extent the the kasama brand yeah which because everybody when they think of island life they Mm -hmm. think about drinking rum and you know obviously we'll talk about how this kind of happening came about and the travel and the suspension because of all the stuff with covid but you know i've I've met a lot of second third generation either brand owners or distillers Mm -hmm. and sometimes i suspect there is maybe this effort to bring the kids into the business Mm -hmm. did you ever feel an expectation from the folks that know alexander you're gonna have to run this thing um well yes so i'm an only child so um uh, i I think i think i'm very lucky because i've really taken to it but i was definitely involved in the business from from an early age both of my parents are entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. they their work is is their hobby they just love what they do and so i was lucky to be in an environment you know where where they love their work so much and then i got to be part of it so they would take me everywhere with them and i really grew up in the business and so even though i'm 30 i'd like to joke that i have 28 years of experience because i was in bars and restaurants with my dad you know, doing market surveys and meeting bartenders at a very young age, like mm. very, very young. Um, and so they did definitely try to involve me. I think there was a time also when my dad was trying to deter me from getting into the family business. Oh, really? Uh, well, I think he just wanted to make sure that it was something that I really wanted to do. Yeah. And so he he was sort of like, well, maybe you should do something else, you know, or, or just or would just try to make it more difficult for me to to make sure it's something that I really love. But it, it really is something that I love. And so I'm, I'm lucky to have that passion in the family and, and to be able to learn in that way. Something that many of the entrepreneurs that I've interviewed, in fact, someone that was from Houston, he launched a vodka brand some time ago, but he'd always been entrepreneurial. Mm. You know, I, in my head, I was thinking, you probably had a lemonades then at some point, right? Like, and so he, he did. So <laughs> this, but so entrepreneurialism, right? This desire to create, mm. to share, does it, do you feel, because I feel obsessed about my projects. Mm-hmm. Do you feel obsessed with, with your projects? Do you feel I like, feel obsessed with them. Do you lose sleep? Um, I'm a pretty good sleeper. So once I'm asleep, I'm asleep. But yeah. I definitely, you know, think about it as I'm falling asleep. Think about it as I wake up. I'm really obsessed with it. It's sort of all I want to talk about. Um, so yes, I do feel that way. And I did, you know, I did have a lemonade stand. I had an orange <laughs> stand. I had all kinds of, you know, things when I was growing yeah. up and, um, also, you know, was involved in my parents' businesses. So my mother, I remember she used to do these trade shows and I was maybe seven years old and she'd give me like my little my little part of the booth mm-hmm. and I had my little calculator and I just felt so like so happy to be involved. So definitely it's been a long lifelong pursuit. It's a, it's, there's always a, and I, 
lot of, what people kind of need to realize sometimes is the questions I'm asking my guests. I'm asking myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just maybe trying to get affirmation sometimes or confirmation. But what do you do to balance out the obsession, which can, as you said, you get up, you drink some coffee, you think about the business. You go to bed, you think about the business. What for you is that thing that kind of keeps you mentally balanced? I do think I'm able to turn it off. For me, something that really helps me that I started doing during the pandemic was just taking really long walks. Mm. Um, I think that is when I'm, and I use it both to get away from the business and also to help with the business. I find that sometimes being an entrepreneur can be really difficult. You're sort of, especially for me, I do have people who help me, but I'm the only person who's full-time in the business. Mm -hmm. And so uh, sometimes I'm not sure who to talk to. It's just myself and I'm in my head. And so if I'm stuck- That's a great point. Yeah, so if I'm stuck, what I do is I go for a walk. Um, and that sort of helps me to clear my head, come back to it. Does I, I mean, obviously your folks would be a good resource too, but also at the same point, if it was me, I would be like, well, I want to try to do this thing on my own first mm. and then I'll come ask for help, right? Or guidance. Do you, do, you, do you have those kinds of peer conversations with your folks about how do you break into this market or how do you do this? Definitely. I, and both of my parents are super helpful um, in this respect. I... Um, yeah, both of my parents, like I said, ran their own businesses and so have been, they have great advice. And I call my dad, my mom is more practical. So if I have a specific question, I call her and my father is more creative. And so if I say, I often call him and I say, I have a question with no answer. <laughs> so let's discuss this. And so um, I, I can sort of go to them with different types of questions. That's kind of good. It's the same with my folks. My dad's the yeah. operational guy. My mom's the, but how does it make you feel? <laughs> I'm like, mm. Okay, good. Well, I know which kind of questions to ask, right? So this journey leads you to Stanford. You get your Bachelor of Arts in International Relations, which is not a surprise given how much you like to travel. And I presume given the work you do with school kids in the Philippines Mm. that you love people. I do love people. I I think the the reason I I chose international relations was because I was really interested in politics and history and economics and the intersection of all of that. Mm. And this felt like a good way to explore all of those interests at once. Um, and growing up in a very international environment with my family, but also the, the school that I went to, um, you just, you, you do, you meet so many people. Mm. And so it's a good way. It was a good way to explore those interests more academically. There's always the moment. Well, maybe, maybe some people stumble upon it, maybe awake some at night, but you know, the idea and you know, when you had to mobilize it <laughs> and create. Yes. Aha, if you will. Mm-hmm. So finally starting your own brand, mm-hmm. I understand using stuff because you're, you're Filipino, which I hope that's the right, right way to refer to it. And the rum comes from the Philippines. Tell me the moment where you're like, okay, this is it. This is the right thing for me. That's a great, I don't know that I had that moment. So I, like I said, I've always been involved in this business. I had many ideas. Probably my first brand idea was when I was 18. Um, so I had several over the years. I think with this one, it was the spring it was sort of early 2018 was Mm. when i first had the idea and i really i was like you know what this just seems better than all of the other ideas but (laughs) you're still not sure you're still still not sure and so i think what i what i did was i actually i had a job at the time i was working at a private equity fund in poland which was a quite demanding job but i was like i really don't want to lose this one so what i did was i started working on the design of it oh um and so i thought okay if i start if I, first of all, invest time, but also money into this idea, I'm going to be much more in- invested in it. And, right. 
and that's what happened. I the first my first step was well, I started looking for rum, but also I worked with a graphic design agency in Manila to bring the brand to life. And then through that process, I just you know you're talking about it, you're developing it, and yeah. so it's a combination of thinking more about it, so furthering the idea, but also getting more committed to it. When you first tasted the product that you'd be bottling, and it would be the next, like the beginning of a huge journey. What did you think? Well, it was that was a long process too. I probably tasted over a hundred rums yeah. in the process. Just you know, other brands, but also just to see what I liked. But then also we we looked for the rum for a very long time. So it was it was great. I mean, it it, it took a long time, but I was very lucky to be able to have my dad with me on that journey. Um, my mother actually, funnily enough, doesn't drink, so she's not very no helpful kidding. on that front. Sure. But my dad, um, I really respect his palate, and um, so he was very involved with all the tastings and all the iterations. And um, yeah, it, it when we got to the end, it was like, okay, this is the one. Would it for you? What is? I mean, you could say vodka, of course, but do you prefer to drink cocktails? Do you prefer to drink spirits neat? Where do you side on that? Um, so I, that's a great question. I mean, I think a cocktail, it's like, or I think alcohol is like food. Like you can love a certain kind of food, but you don't want it all the time. Uh, so, right. so definitely I, I like a mix. I do love tropical cocktails and that really did inform Kasama to a large extent. I love daiquiris and things like that, but I also love, uh, vodka, of course, through the family business. And I, I love a vodka martini. So yeah. it just sort of depends where I am or, you know, the climate, the meal that we're having. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, somebody might ask why I have like 500 bottles of booze. Every moment calls out for a different You have different right? moods. Exactly. I can't drink mezcal all the time despite my shirt, which <laughs> comes into play all the time. So we cracked this open, the Kasama, mm -hmm. this film, mm -hmm. and immediately I'm getting this brilliant note that I've only smelled one in one other rum, mm -hmm. the Savannah rum. Mm -hmm. which is that white haribou gummy bear mm -hmm. <laughs> and which i love that smell and i crave it because it's so but in that savannah it's way too overwhelming here but kind of tell me about this this is not agricole style right this is molasses style this is a this rum is based on sugarcane juice okay. although it is distilled in a column so i don't think it has the the funkiness that's associated with an agricole style rum no yeah um but it that the juice does it get does give it that lighter fruitier flavor profile and then it's aged in ex-bourbon barrels. So I think that the that the barrels give it also a little bit of vanilla and a touch of pepperiness as well. What's the proof on this? I can't see it. 80. 80, got it. 80. So what, not, here's a good question. What do you like about your rum? What I like about it is I think it is very approachable. I call it a, a crowd-pleasing rum. I think it's something that Almost everybody can find something that they like here, whether they want to drink rum straight or mm. uh, neat or on the rocks or in a cocktail. My goal with Kasama is really to breathe fresh air into the rum category. In my opinion, it's a category that's very polarized. So there are lots of kind of mass market rums, and then there are lots of that people have very strong kind of college punch bowl associations with. Yeah, right. And then there are lots of really beautiful high-end rums, but I don't think that they are for the, you know, the everyday consumer. There are lots of tiki enthusiasts and rum enthusiasts that, that are very much into that. But I think the goal with Kasama was to create something that was approachable for everybody and to to bring uh, rum to be top of mind again for the, for the you know, average consumer or the cocktail enthusiast. Um, that's what I think is missing from the category. And in the industry, we've been talking for such a long time about, you know, when is rum going to be next? You know, surely it's got to yeah, exactly. be next. And we've been talking, <laughs> we've been saying that for 10 years. And I think part of the reason that rum hasn't been next is because there haven't been enough brands that have, um, that have been 
you know, appealing and approachable. It's it's interesting thing. Do you, and I don't suggest this, but do you ever get pulled into like the rum purist conversations? I, I definitely do. I definitely do. And 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 you know, that's that's okay. That's like that's a whole subset of of consumers. What I always say is the you know the the rum purist is very well served. Yeah. Um, this is this is definitely something to to bring new people into this category. You get there so. Again, have all those bottles of rum. I like the reason that I have each of those bottles, they serve a particular purpose. Right. And that is they're not twice the same. That's why I like to collect bottles is like, how what, what is the swath of flavors in rum? And this is completely different than anything I've got. And it is so damn tropical. Like it in, is. In, like just inherently like papaya and guava and just like really juicy and that. So now that you're back on the road, how how... Are people responding to the rum when you're doing cocktails and they they're responding very very well we did a, a an event yesterday where we got to taste many many people nice. and i think i get most excited when i hear people say oh like i don't like rum but th that's fantastic or i haven't tried a rum in years but i really like that and i could sip that by itself yeah that's the goal right the goal is to um rid people of the associations that they have of the pirate rum that they had in a terrible punch bowl in college and and to make it something that's that's fun again. So it is really well received. A lot of people say exactly what you said, that they haven't tried a rum quite like this before. It's just an amalgam of a couple of different like regions of mm -hmm. rum, but never in the same place. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's really, I mean, it's, it's lovely. You Thank know? you. And how long is it? Because now you're in Texas. Did you do a bit in Dallas? Did you do Houston as well? So not this time um we've mostly been in austin we were in san antonio for a bit but oh, the last few weeks i've traveled a lot i've been in dc miami los angeles nevada um los angeles again so <laughs> where are you based out of that's a great question okay well, uh, you can leave it at that I'm actually sort of all i like over, that <laughs> where you lay your head is home right that's right that's what people say where where's your company base and i say on my laptop yeah. that's just you know it's it's a moving it's a moving target so you know, the rum is distilled in the distilled and aged in the Philippines. It's bottled at my family's distillery in Poland. Yeah. So it's, for me, it's nice to connect those two places that I'm from in that unique way. And then it's brought here to the United States, and um, it's traveled a really long way to get here. How how long is the voyage from Philippines to Poland? Just I mean, a, just a couple of weeks. Well, now with, but the, that's still, with yeah. the shipping crisis, maybe longer, but a couple of weeks. Yeah, but that, but but you think about that though, the intention, I, and I suppose. There's a strategy behind keeping it in the family, but is it just because of the facilities there? It's easier. You can ship it's it. It's just bulk. easier. Yes, yeah. exactly. It was easier, and um, all the packaging comes from Europe, so it was sort of we could ship one thing one way or many things the other way, and yeah. it just actually ended up being easier for us to do it in house. Yeah, I mean, it certainly makes sense. Yeah. So you're back. You're traveling. You now we're here. You're in Austin. How does it feel to be back on the road? I love it. I I think. You know, to launch a brand in a pandemic is never ideal, and, and <laughs> never, never ideal. It's very never good. ideal. Um, but also, for me, I'm a very, very hands-on person. So to launch a brand and be thousands of miles away from it and not get to be involved in the day-to-day -day mm -hmm. was very frustrating for me. So to be able to um, do events like meet consumers, meet mixologists, meet buyers in person is is amazing. And then also to every market's different. I've never been to Austin before, mm. but obviously I've heard lots about it. It's getting so popular. That's great, yeah. So it was nice to be able to see the city in person and to, to explore the food and beverage scene here myself. As an entrepreneur, another thing that I've kind of learned is, is if, as I get older, I think that we all do, is I'm not good at certain things. Mm. 
and I bring in people that are good at those things, mm-hmm. do those things. So like your standard job interview, describe one of your entrepreneurial weaknesses. That's a great question. I would say perhaps I'm, I'm not as good with operational things. I think I'm okay at it, but I don't think that that's primarily what I'm good at. Yeah. So to me, the, the most fun part and what I find really easy and sort of stimulating is to do the creative aspects of it. Mm-hmm. I really love... Um, so having a product, but also building the story and the brand around it, that's what gets me really, really excited. And sometimes some of the more day-to-day tactical things, I'm like, Ugh, I can do it, but this is, it's hard for me. It's right. not necessarily yeah. what I thrive on. Speaking of creativity, some of us drive inspiration from art, mm-hmm. travel, mm-hmm. film, etc. So for mm-hmm. you, what are some things that are in your life, maybe daily, maybe weekly, that really inspire you and drive that creative energy? Wow, I've, I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. <laughs> and I'm not sure I know the answer. I, I think for me, having been in this industry for so long, it really does feel kind of second nature to me. Mm. Sometimes I just walk aisles of liquor stores and people say, are you looking for something? And I'm, I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking for. I Like, I'll find it or I won't find it. And sort of yeah. that'll be the inspiration for me. So um, I do have other brands in my head that I'm working on as yeah. well. And and they they kind of just come to me <laughs> like in an instant sure um and so certainly it's informed by a lot of experience and um some amount of research and and all the years i've been in the industry but i can't explain i can't say oh i've listened to this music and i'm inspired i i think it's just kind of something all comes together at a certain moment it's, and brands literally pop up in my head it's the, and i'm and i'm not trying to drag this into this kind of territory but it's almost like being clairvoyant in a sense right well <laughs> I would go that far i'm just saying that the, there's a flavor of it of which ideas kind of manifest and you're not really sure exactly from where these ideas came from that's true that's true i have one that i'm working on right now that i think is really cool and i remember the moment i was sitting in my kitchen and i thought huh like that would be a great idea and so i i, I wish i could tell you more it, it's i don't have a strict process it but I, I just love that though there's sometimes the things that change our life are just spontaneous I think that's true. I think that you can't think too hard about things. No, you can't. <laughs> or you can, and you can drive yourself mad. You can also, <laughs> also true. But I think I think often the best things are, you know, they just kind of happen. I think so. Yeah, that's why I, I say this, and Joel's looking at me. That's why Tinder would never work. I promise you. You got to let love happen, right? Anyway, sorry, <laughs> side rant. But I got a couple questions left for. I know you guys are off to do even more rum drinking with the the people in Austin, Texas, which is great. But so let's say you're sipping the Kasama rum anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. but you could sip it with a musical artist, alive or deceased. Who would you love to sit and have a drink with? Oh my God, this is not the right question for me. I see your guitars. I know you're very musical. I am unfortunately <laughs> not. So I don't know that do I have uh, a great answer for that. Do you read? I, I, yes. No, sorry, I we all read it. Yeah, right. You know what? Um, you know what? I, I think I know who it would be. I think it would be Anthony Bourdain. Oh, yeah. I, unfortunately, he's obviously passed, but um, I just loved his show. I think he was so brilliant at weaving together stories with food, but also history and yeah. politics. And I would love to have a drink with him. I'm with you on that. I think it's very, very proper timing with the documentary then coming out, too. Got some. I'll tell you a couple things about him uh, after we wrap. But last question. Road trip, you know, you're doing the thing, you're on stage, you're playing to all the fans. What's the next step? Or are you, are you San Antonio's next for you? 
No, so I'm. We were in San Antonio okay. a couple of days ago. I'm going uh, back to California, working there a bit. Um, then I'm going back to Europe. So, uh, you know, it's definitely a slow build. I think I'm very encouraged. The rum has been very well received, and we've gotten a lot of distribution in quite a fast uh, period of time, and um, have gotten amazing press. But it still really is a slow build. So yeah. it's just more of the same, and grinding away, and showing it to more people. Um, talking to people like you as well. So mm. thank you so much for having me. But I definitely think it's it's a brand that has a, a bright future and I'm very encouraged by the way that it's been received so far. Yeah, it's beautiful, like tropical, much like your dress. You guys can't see this, but it's a beautiful dress. <laughs> thank you. So anyway, thanks so much for taking the time out. We'll thank talk soon. You. Right. Thank you so much. Cheers. So what'd y'all think? Quick chat. You know, they were on their way to give more rum to more people. And luckily, I got to sit down real quickly and kind of talk about life. And Alexander's a really interesting gal. Very, very polished, very insightful. And I'm real interested to see how this rum story kind of continues. And I hope I can drink more rum with her and kind of understand more about her life because we just got a few minutes to do so. So, you know what? We'll do this thing again. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how many times you've asked yourself, have I ever seen Vertical Limit? I don't know if I have. Or if you're thinking, I don't know, it's pretty gray in here again. I think Austin's due for some rain yet again. Please keep dancing.